Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 31. Hello, everyone. Andy here. And what an emotional week it is here in Rangerstown as we all await, uh, with bated breath, Henrik Lundqvist getting his number retired and raised to the rafters at the Garden on Friday. And obviously, you just can't help but reminisce on his career with the New York Rangers and the last 15 years and everything he's done for this organization, all the beautiful high moments, all the soul-crushing, soul-defeating low moments, but man, what a ride. Um, I will be in attendance on Friday. I will be probably sobbing uncontrollably as the number gets raised to the rafters, and uh, I can imagine everyone else in the arena will be too, or maybe it'll just be me, but... um, Man, I'm, I feel so privileged to be able to go watch his number get raised to the rafters. And uh, again, I just there's not much you can do but just reminisce on everything he's done for this organization for the past 15 years. Uh, there's a lot of other Rangers-related news going on, but uh, I think it's only appropriate to take today's episode as it drops on Thursday morning, right the day before he's going to get his number retired, and just talk about the king and like i said everything he's meant to myself personally and just rangers fans in general and the legacy he leaves behind uh this is going to be a kind of a different episode for us here on the broadway boys pod you will hear james coming up shortly but uh, we will not be appearing together uh, as i keep mentioning unfortunately i am uh neck deep in a move that has a lot of moving parts there's you know between handymen and painters and uh packing and spackling and just all sorts of nonsense. Uh, It's been hard for us to link up, but um, I thought I could give everyone my, just my personal thoughts on Hank really quick. And then I'm going to throw it to an interview with James, my co-host, as he appeared on the Hockey Hotbed podcast to discuss um, just everything I said Hank's legacy with the New York Rangers and just what he means to the franchise and just his accomplishments and just kind of put in perspective how uh, staggering they are. 
And uh, by the way, if you're a Rangers fan listening to this podcast, uh, you should be subscribed to the Hockey Hotbed podcast hosted by our buddy Nick Berlansky because it covers just hockey news from all around the league. Um, it's not centered on any one team like we, we are. And it's just a great way to kind of get a context, a quick context for just things that are going on around the league and trending stories and the like. So do yourself a favor and subscribe to the Hockey Hotbed podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. That being said, um, I won't take too much of your time because I do want to throw it to this interview with uh, James and Nick, but it's kind of hard to encapsulate what Henrik Lundqvist uh, means to me personally. I mean, um, as I'm recording this, I'm looking over my shoulder. This apartment is Almost empty, but there is a little uh, Hank Funko Pop just kind of standing in the corner. And every time I look at it, I kind of kind of smile because, I mean, yeah, it's just I grew up around a lot of old timers talking about 1994 and just, you know, Messier and Graves and Leach and Richter. And although I do have some memories of those Rangers teams, um, being an 87 birthday, I was probably about seven years old, six or seven. And unfortunately, I don't have as clear memories about that time and the 94 team. And then, you know, obviously the subsequent years after that, where at least they still had some of that fervor coming off of winning the cup. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started to come into my own as a Rangers fans kind of during the dark eras follow era following that just, uh, you know, obviously it was cool for a moment to have Yager and the checkmates and some success there, but it was just, other than that, it was a really dark period. Uh, but obviously I still love the New York Rangers. And then in 05, 06, Hank comes on the scene and it just changes everything. Um, just preconceived notions about the success of the franchise and whether or not they would be competitive because, I mean, it's hard to say any one player can come in and change the complexion of a team much like him. And I mean, very few players can do that. Um, obviously, you can look at your Sidney Crosbys and your Alex Ovechkins that changed the trajectory of the franchises they were going to. and. But, you know, I mean, those guys also had the help of, you could argue, you know, Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang and and in Ovi's case, Backstrom and just guys to help carry the load. And just the Rangers had just Hank and he, I cannot stress just how crazy it was for one one individual to change the fortunes of a franchise. Um, Just being a seventh round pick. It's kind of crazy to think about, but it's exactly what he did. He just took the he took the net um, to little fanfare and just never looked back from there and just cemented himself as, you know, I, I have some Devils fans friends. Uh, the Gibby, who's been on this podcast, constantly makes fun of the King moniker, but I mean, I don't know what else you can say. He was truly what, just in ter- the way he embraced the city and his commitment to excellence and his just staggering performance and consistency in a playing a volatile position that uh, does not lend itself to that. And it's just, yeah, just year after year, just making 
just uh, his cumulative uh, goal saved above average is just absolutely ridiculous. He faced he he should have let in so many more shots than he did, but he was just so elite for so long that um, yeah, I mean the numbers kind of speak for themselves, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, at this point, he holds every Rangers goaltending record. I believe he's what six all time in wins. Uh, so I mean, yeah, like I said, it's kind of hard to encapsulate because you're gonna hear a lot of that. You're just throwing out the numbers and the stats when thinking about Lundqvist, but you know, just you'll hear his former teammates just keep saying, you know, just knowing you always had a chance to win, and uh, that's how I feel about Hank. You always felt like you had a chance, you know, and it's a shame. Obviously he never got the support that you're kind of seeing in this most recent iteration of the New York Rangers, um, which still have their warts by the way, but that's, again, we'll talk about them at a later date, but just to bring some teams that had no business even being competitive to pushing them to the brinks of just what, they were capable of it. it was just on the back of what he was capable of really and man it's just such so many fun memories and rides and playoff pushes and just the game seven performances and the butterflies and just knowing that you could tell some games by his body language that he just wasn't going to get beat he just looked so over the puck and focused and intense and he was a competitor, and you always you hear that too. They always say he competed every night, and he did. And just, yeah, man, it's just, it's definitely an uncommon commitment to excellence, and it's just very few athletes have that fire that he did. And there's, I mean, that's what made him, that's what has got his number going up on Friday. And yeah, just for me, he was just uh, in high school, like, he was the star athlete that I admired the most. So he's just very important to me. This is an uh, important event for him and his family. I'm absolutely sure, but it's important for me too. I think it's just, he has provided me with so many memories over the last 15 years. And I'm overjoyed that he will join the ranks of some of the most iconic Rangers of all time, because I mean, he deserve, he's in the conversation as one of the greatest, if not the greatest Rangers of all time. And you can say what you want about delivering a Stanley Cup, but you know, no, no one person can do it alone. And although that's true, I don't know if I saw anyone ever get as close as he did, just no, not having the same tools that so many other Cup-winning teams had. And just, but he threw sheer will and competitive fire and determination he brought teams on his back as close as, as he could and it just it was unfortunately too much for him to you know surmount alone but you look at his his stats in game sevens and he always held his upheld his end of the bargain it's just he could never get the defensive play in front of him or the goal scoring support and it's just uh yeah you know it's bittersweet but when you listen to him in podcasts leading up to Friday, you keep hearing him say that, you know, he's got to a point where his life where he focuses more on what he got and not what he didn't. And yeah, I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it because again, you, there's plenty of uh, players out there that have won a cup and that's great and all, but um, would you trade it for the legacy that Lundquist has built? Uh, I think a lot of them would, you know, maybe not 
Maybe not all, but some definitely would. I mean, it's just between Olympic gold medals and world championships and uh, just the breaking of the records and being so high on the all-time wins list and shattering every franchise record for the New York Rangers, which have had, like I had mentioned, a litany of stellar goaltenders, you know, uh, going back to Eddie Jockerman and JD and Van Beesbrook and uh, Mike Richter that we've been blessed. And now we obviously have Shesterkin, which is, uh, again, a miracle unto itself. But I mean, as of it stands right now, I mean, obviously I think there'll be some bias depending on your age and which goaltender you grew up with. And obviously Richter having the cup definitely gives him a lot of cachet. But I mean, for my money though, I think you can make an argument that Hank is the greatest goaltender of this organization and player potentially that this organization has ever had. So, and I mean, again, it's a tough conversation because there was a lot of worthy candidates between Leach and Richter, like I had mentioned. And, uh, Rod Gilbert and, you know, just all the greats, uh, Rangers legends, but Hank is among them and rightfully so his number will be in try next to them. So getting to go to games and look up and see the number 30 and, and being able to smile because you have those memories from him is, uh, yeah, I don't think there's much better than that. So you've heard me get all sappy enough. So I'm going to jo- throw it to James's interview on the Hockey Hotbed podcast with Nick Berlansky. Uh, But before I do that, I just want to mention that today's episode is sponsored by DraftKings. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can experience the conference championships with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. And if your state doesn't have sportsbook, don't worry, as DraftKings is home to daily fantasy sports with numerous ways to play and win big prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Joining me now is an expert on the New York Rangers to talk a little bit about the season that has been so far for the Blue Shirts and also to talk a little bit about King Henrik Lundqvist. Welcome on to the show, James Whalen from the Broadway Boys podcast, as well as the Morning Skate. How's it going, James? Uh, I'm doing well. I would say Andy's more the expert. I'm just the over-emotional fan that kind of, you know, uh, it's almost like a therapeutic session every time I do the podcast with Andy. So uh, we'll, we'll call him the expert. 
Okay, I mean, hey, either way, it's an outlet to be able to just express all those feelings for your team. Absolutely. No, no, I'm pumped to be here. And, uh, you know, I think we're both having, you know, pretty good seasons so far. So I think we have a lot to talk about because, uh, you know, going forward from here and just this kind of reminds me of the, you know, early mid 2000 and teens, I guess I should say now, uh, kind of weird to say that, uh, of, you know, the Rangers and Penguins both having, you know, cup contending teams. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, the New York Rangers, as we sit here and discuss, they are in first place in the Metropolitan Division, top five in the National Hockey League. And a lot of that has been, obviously, you have a great roster there in New York. But a lot of that has also been attributed to the fact that it's year number one of Gerard Gallant. What kind of difference has he made to this team in his first year behind the bench? Well, I'm I'm sure you know the New York Rangers were kind of embarrassed last year. And it was kind of like an ongoing theme that we get pushed around and bullied and you know, I thought there was a, a few factors affecting the Rangers. And number one was we had a rookie head coach with a bunch of rookies on our team. And I felt like with some of the players on our team, the, you know, the more experienced, the Criders, the Benajads, Panarins, um, they kind of needed a coach that they respected and, you know, garnished the respect immediately of the younger guys. We didn't need a guy that was kind of learning on as he went, you know, through mm-hmm. the process. and. And Gallant was just the perfect choice for the New York Rangers. A guy that's been behind the bench. He's seen it all. He gets your respect right away. And he kind of solidified, you know, the Rangers as, you know, a a team that can play a system that's, you know, physical, high energy, and fits the roster. And not so much the tic-tac-toe stuff that, uh, you know, that Quinn tried to preach constantly that ended up not working out very well. Well, it's definitely worked out, at least in the first half of the season for the New York Rangers. And somebody else that has seen a drastic just improvement in the first half is Chris Kreider. I mean, there's there's many stories about the New York Rangers this year. I mean, you have Shesterkin, which we'll get to, obviously. You have Panarin and Fox who are playing lights out. But Chris Kreider, first ever 30-goal season. They're only halfway through the year. He was the first player in the whole league to get to 30 goals this season. How important of a figure is Kreider to the Rangers team as a whole, obviously he he's a big just influence in the locker room as well. How important is he to this team? And what do you think has changed this year for him? Listen, I hated the contract when we signed him. I wanted him gone. Send him to Boston. Let you know, let him be uh, uh, just an overrated dud over there. I called him Casper the Friendly Ghost because he disappeared for 30 games at a time. This year. I don't know if it's Gallant got into his ear and said, you know, this is your time. This is your team. Take control of it. But, oh, my God, he's just been an absolute beast in front of the net. And, you know, I think this style really suits him where he can kind of be explosive, kind of do his own thing roving around the offensive zone. And when he establishes himself in front of the net, I honestly, I used to think Pavelski was the best net front player in the hockey in the National Hockey League. I would say Kreider now obviously is taking that role as the best net front player in the league. I mean, he just, his hand-eye coordination is, you know, top tier. Uh, he, you know, puts in rebounds and he's just impossible to move in front of the net. So yeah, I, I mean, I'll gladly wear this egg on my face uh, if he can just continues this pace. Cause it's, it's unbelievable. And I'm almost a little worried that I'm going to have my heart broken that he's going to disappear again. So uh, I'm, cautiously optimistic about this. 
I mean, and here's the thing about that. Kreider has been great, and he's obviously leading the team in goals, but he's still third on the team in points. The point is, you have guys like Artemi Panarin, you have guys like Adam Fox. It's such a deep roster up there in New York that even if he falls off a little bit or regresses to the mean even, you still have guys there that are going to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, it's so weird this season. It's just so different from the last, uh, you know, few, especially the last few seasons. But the New York Rangers have always struggled to have their all-star players play like all-stars. And now that we we kind of have that core group performing at levels that are, you know, it puts me in disbelief that we actually have these type of players. The Faz, the Panarins, the Benajads, the Criders, they're putting up all these numbers. Now we kind of need the supporting cast to step up a little bit. And I think that would put us over the top as a real contender. Cause I still think the Rangers right now are not at like the Penguins level who just continue to win and never lose. But you know, I, I think there's going to be some moves in the off season and we get that second act on this roster. I, I, I think, you know, we can make noise in the playoffs for sure. So do you think that's Drury's biggest challenge going forward up to the trade deadline is adding depth pieces at this point? Yes, but I also think it's kind of tough for him because the Rangers have so many young assets. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to see going into this season, because I, I truly didn't think we'd be where we are right now. I, I kind of want to see what we have in all this youth. And I think, I think you know, Gallant and Drury have done a pretty good job at, you know, getting that those guys ice time. You know, the, you know, Nils Lundqvist, get him as many games as possible. Jones, let's see what he has. Now Schneider is in the lineup and he seems to be, you know, stepping right in and playing that, you know, third pairing physical role. Just play it simple, get the puck out and get off the ice. I, I you know, I really do think this balancing act that they had to perform this year is, is, you know, it's, it's working out. And, you know, unfortunately we can't have all these pieces. So I think that will be, you know, the toughest decision they make of who do they part ways with and, who do they bring in, you know, a guy with term or, you know, a rental player like a Giroux or something to kind of, you know, balance out this roster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I Looking at your defensive side is where I thought maybe they need to add something because they do have a lot of young pieces there. But heading into the postseason, maybe you need a little bit more of a stabilizing force. But realistically, it's a team that right now, if you look at it, you don't really want to mess with the mojo. But at the same time, you want to make sure you have that added piece that you need if you want to try to make a run here early in the window, because it is very early in the Rangers playoff and contention window wholesale, at least. Well, listen, th there's a lot of pieces I think the Rangers need. And, and certainly you hit the nail on the head with a defenseman. Um, I'd be surprised if Chikrin finishes the season anywhere else except New York. And, you know, that's kind of what the rumors and, and, and what the, the NHL chat lines are, are kind of saying. So, I, I would think he comes in and there's our solid six that we can go and go to war with essentially. And then, you know, I think we really need to kind of look out of our look at not the middle six, but our third line and mm -hmm. say, you know, what do we have? What do we have out of Kako? What do we have out of Lafreniere? You know, the, the Heedle experiment, is that over? Um, you know, I have my opinions on it, but I'm curious to see what Drury has, if he's going to be a little overreactional or, kind of be a little bit patient and maybe hold out another year. Mm -hmm. It's always been kind of quiet around the NHL when it comes to trades. There's been a, very few trades, so something has to be up or in the water. At least that's that's my belief. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. But let's get to, obviously, the bulk majority of, of why I brought you on here. Let's talk about goaltending. 
on Broadway. I mean, first and foremost, currently, you have Igor Shosturkin, which if you basically ask anybody, he's the leader in the clubhouse for the Vesna Trophy. I mean, a guy that missed several weeks is out there putting up absolutely ridiculous numbers. Doesn't seem like he slows down a bit. Can you talk a little bit about what makes him such a dominant force between the pipes and just your overall thoughts about Shosturkin's season so far? It's kind of weird because I, I know we'll get into it, but when you go from Lundqvist and then you, you get, you know, Shesty and Net, you're kind of just like, nah, Shesterkin, you know, he's solid. He's good. Because you know, so you seeing one of the best goalies in the league, you know, for years, and then <laughs> we get another one, which is great. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's scary because as a Ranger fan, we know what go- good goaltending looks like. We know how much they can carry a team. And you know, it's great that we have Shesterkin and it's great that he's having the success that, you know, he's had, especially this season. But, you know, again, you want to be overly cautious and say, you know, let's not have him carry this team. You know, let let uh, let this be, you know, uh, a balanced act here. You know, we got to be able to outscore our opponents some nights and we got to be able to, you know, just lock down and maybe win a one nothing game. We can't have Shesty stand on his head every night, even though that seems to be what he kind of does. And and he's thriving right now. So it's great having him. And, you know, I'm just glad we locked him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, especially on, on a contract like that, being able to have, you know, going straight from Lungfist to Shesterkin. I do remember, and I have egg on my face because of it, because I tweeted at you guys a year and a half ago. And I said, man, having Lungfist. And then also have an Alexander Georgiev, such a good duo. And I don't know who it was, but it was from the Broadway Boys Twitter. They said, oh, wait till you see what's in the pipeline. Wait till this guy Shesterkin comes up here. You're, there's, he's, better than, he's better than Georgiev. And I was like, geez, embarrassment of riches. But at that point, I had no idea. Well, you know, and it's, it's funny that you even brought up Georgie because it's like he's really – you know, he's had his bad moments and, and it's got to be frustrating for him mentally because we all know a goalie's game is 90% mental, you know, going, being Lundqvist's backup and then now essentially having this kid just come out of nowhere and be just as dominant and now have to back him up. Um, you know, you'd like to see as many starts as him, you know, from Georgie this year and and possibly trade him. Uh, I just know uh Benoit Allaire our goalie coach works magic with any backup that we have so I'm confident letting Georgie go in a trade uh knowing that we have him you know there to essentially coach up uh, whoever comes in next as a backup but um yeah it's 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 pretty crazy and you know it's it's after Hank and having Shesty it's really you know you kind of shake your head and just you realize how lucky you are Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Hank a little bit, because this is obviously it is Henrik Lundqvist's big week. It's it's a huge thing you see on social media. I've been watching videos, collages, everything, and just remembering how good Henrik Lundqvist was for that New York Rangers team. So obviously the number retirement is coming up on Friday night. What does his career mean to you as a Rangers fan? Man, well, when I was in it, I was one of the big proponents of trading Lundqvist, believe it or not, which is everyone, you know, called me crazy, but it was almost because he was too good. And I was like, he's masking every deficiency this team has. He's winning us games that we don't deserve to win. He is the best goalie in the National Hockey League. And you're not going to win a cup just with a goalie. We can't win one nothing every single night. And you know, looking back, you know, I feel like I was 100% right. I mean, some of the saves that he's made, he's carried us, you know, through the playoffs. He's won us rounds. 
there isn't a more clutch goalie. I don't, I don't think I'd want in a game seven than Henrik Lundqvist. And, you know, as just the fan growing up watching the New York Rangers and, and watching them, watching him in my prime of my, you know, youth of, you know, still playing the game and, you know, you know, going to college and seeing him, you know, all through those years with all my friends that were Rangers fans, it was, it's, it's amazing just looking at back at his career and, you know, he was the New York Rangers, you know, there were no all-star. I mean, we had our forwards, we had our defensemen, McDonough's and just the, you know, Captain Cali. It was, those were, those moments were great. Those players were great. And, you know, they were, did special things here, but nothing compares to Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, he is the New York Rangers. It's, it's just, it's undeniable. He he's the, I, I would put him as, you know, the most influential player, certainly of my lifetime uh, as a Rangers fan. So obviously the question has been asked ever since that retirement announcement came out, everybody looked around and said, is Hank a first ballot Hall of Famer? So I pose the question to you, James, is Henrik Lundqvist first ballot for the Hockey Hall of Fame? I, I, I would love to hear the argument against that. Uh, yeah. he, <laughs> I mean, if you just watch hockey, you know, during, you know, the, the teens here, Henrik Lundqvist carried teams. He won playoff series. I mean, you know more than anything being, you know, a Pittsburgh guy and the, you know, the battles that we had in the playoffs. And if there was ever one player that I think, you know, deserved a Stanley cup, it was him. And, and, and if he was on, any decent team if, if he was on Pittsburgh honestly you you might have won the cup every single year it's like he was that good and um you know there were certain moments and and you know especially in the playoffs that you know uh, and I bring up this moment because it really was like oh my god we might actually do pull this off was against the Canadians and uh clinching to go to the Stanley Cup final and he just kind of does that rolling over save and he definitely didn't even see the puck, but he just knew it was kind of there in that vicinity and, and knocks it away. And it's just like at that moment, you're just like, thank God we have Hank. Like, like he is this team. He's going to will us to this, you know, the promised land. I know he's going to get it done, but unfortunately, uh, the NHL didn't uh, update the rule book and uh, we were a goalie interference away from winning the cup. So we'll blame it yeah. on that. <laughs> Obviously, he had a great career, and, and no doubter to me, at least, and everybody that I've asked that question to, I've seen a couple people saying, I don't know about first ballot, but that's there's always going to be naysayers. We're seeing it with the Baseball Hall of Fame this week. There's always going to be people that just argue for the sake of argument. But before I let you go, I have one last question for you about Henrik Lundqvist. What was more impressive to you, his acumen between the pipes, in net, or his style? Because his style game, I mean, he was the first to do it. We see all these kids now. They're coming into the arena. They're saying, yeah, look at me. I'm dressed up. But no, Henrik Lundqvist is the king for more than one reason. And the way that he was able to pronounce style before basically any other hockey player. Well, yeah. No, it's 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 funny because, you know, I'd always make fun of him. Like, I'm like, can you concentrate <laughs> on, you know, just winning us hockey games here? Like, I don't need to hear, you know, what, you know, you're playing you know, the guitar with Dolan on the weekends, you're, you know, you're doing modeling, you're on every billboard in Manhattan, you know, whether it's a watch company, soup company, whatever it was. And, you know, he, he embraced it. And it was almost like a, a Joe Namath type aura around him where he was not really a, a playboy going to the bars, but a playboy as in like, you know, he was just more than just a hockey player. He was, he was like a piece of New York city. And, you know, it, it's crazy just kind of watching him, even in retirement, still be that influential where, 
you know, everyone's just like, wow. I mean, he's just a good looking guy, always looking sharp. And you don't even, you know, I mean, obviously I still do, but you know, I, I think kids growing up are going to see him as, you know, almost a, an analyst with the New York Rangers, but they're going to focus on the fact that, you know, he was probably a top five best goalie of all time. And, you know, and he did it looking really, really good. <laughs> so, um, uh, personally, I would say for me as a fan, it was really impressive to see what he was able to do between the pipes. I mean, he carried teams that maybe not playoff worthy, maybe not even Stanley Cup finals worthy, but he got us there. And, you know, every win that he was a part of, it, that was his win. He earned those. So, it, it you know, for me, there's there's nothing like – you know, there was, there'll be nothing like Henrik Lundqvist ever again. Even Shesterkin wins the Stanley Cup. It's just Hank was his own entity. He was the New York Rangers. And again, just so, so happy as a fan to be able to experience him. Well, Henrik Lundqvist, number 30, will be going up into the rafters on Friday evening with an 8 p.m. start time against the Minnesota Wild at MSG. Before I let you go, James, pump what you got going for the Broadway boys or for the morning skate. What's coming up for you and where can the folks find you on social media? Well, social media, Broadway Boys Pod on Twitter, uh, Instagram, again, Broadway Boys Pod. Uh, you know, we're dropping two podcasts a week. We're humming along here. We kind of just want to be steady Eddie with the New York Rangers. I, I mean, I wear them on my sleeve. I'm as emotional as any New York fan is about this team. And thank God I have Andy. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because and anyone that listens to the podcast would say, you know, I, I'm the crazy emotional one. And Andy kind of reels me in. Uh, but it's, it's real. Like I see Andy almost every day at work and, you know, our, our, uh, our chemistry is, and our reactions to everything and everything New York Rangers is hundred percent real and authentic. And it's a fun podcast if you're a Ranger or hockey fan. So, uh, tune in Broadway boys podcast, you know, you know where to find it in the hockey podcast network. Awesome. Well, one last time, James, thank you so much for joining and a little bit of the insight that you've had on Henrik Lundqvist and as well as the New York Rangers. We'll see if they can keep this up. I, I sure hope so. And hopefully your you know, Penguins finally lose one or two games here. So <laughs> we'll see about that. But thanks one last time. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>